the subject of homes, I get the honor and the privilege to bring you a word today on just the blessing of a healthy home, the blessing of a healthy home. And so if you have your Bibles, let's actually go to Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15. And uh, while you're turning there, I'm going to give you guys just some context to, to Luke chapter 15. So this is when Jesus was on his ministry tour. He started his uh, ministry, and then we have a large amount of people following him, all types of people. We have people like tax collectors, notorious sinners, uh, Pharisees, uh, teachers of the religious law. And at this point, the teachers of the religious law was criticizing Jesus because he was associating himself with sinners. And so as a result, Jesus was going to teach them in a form of a story, what we call a parable. And so we pick it up here in uh, these parables. We're going to be talking about the parable of the prodigal son. But the Bible sets it up in this way where it's a, it's a trifecta. There's uh, three parables that all have the same theme. It's about losing something, finding it, and rejoicing. Reaching and rejoicing. And many theologians and commentators says that the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son, is known as the crown jewel of the parables. Reason being is because it's one of the parables where Jesus gave so much detail into it. And I believe that it's going to bless us today as we approach this holiday season. So let's go to Luke chapter 15, and we're going to be in, in verse 11, parable of the lost son. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Yeet. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. And that's what prodigal means, to spend money recklessly, to spend resources recklessly. Verse 14, about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. And so, church, as we're approaching about the blessing of a, of a healthy house, I believe that there are some uh, themes or principles that's going to set us up for that. And so, if you guys were to uh, break this down, let's actually go back to uh, the beginning where the son says to his father, I want my share of your estate now. And basically what this mean was he told his father, I don't care if you're dead or alive, I want what's mine, and I want it now. Talk about a, a slap into the face to the father, right? And as you guys will uh, uh, learn and understand as you journey through the scriptures, uh, when you go through parables, uh, each character or each thing represents something. And so the father in the story represents God, God the father, right? So um, you're like, man, like, so the father actually gave him what he wanted, like, even though he disrespected him. I think this really highlights the free will that we all get to have as, as, as Christians and believers, right? God doesn't force us to do anything or to 
uh, following his ways, but he's given us free will. And so as we continue on, it says a few days later, uh, the younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. Now imagine this, okay? So if it took him a few days to leave, that must tell you how much stuff he was bringing with him, how much stuff that the father has given him, wealth. And it says that he took this to a distant land and squandered it on wild living. Anybody in here wasted time, energy, and resource on wild living? Come on, let's not play church now. Anybody wasted time, money, and talent here on wild living? Some of you guys are like, I'm doing it after church today. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll speak after church. Now you're, post, you're posting it on Instagram, right? You guys know the, the geotag is like, distant land, post it. <laughs> but no, we've all been there to the distant land away from God. How many times have God blessed us with something and we just squander it? So all of us have been to the distant land. And it says here that about his time, the money ran out, a great famine swept over the land. So going from bad to worse. And then he eventually persuaded a local citizen there to hire him on to feed the pigs. And I think what's important is we need to know the, uh, the social context during this time in the Jewish time. So the Jewish people believed that there were certain things that were unclean or defiling. And so as the son was there in the presence of the pig, it basically means that he was exposing himself to an unclean thing, an un unclean uh, uh, situation that God, uh, uh, he was able to be there. And that's something that I believe highlights just the nature of sin, Right, So in the beginning, it looked like amazing and a good time, but it took him into an area of low and defilement. And I just want to encourage you, that's what sin is. Sin will always take you further than where you want to go and cost you more than what you are willing to pay. All right, Sin will take you further than where you want to go and cost you more than what you are willing to pay. And I think a great example of this is in Genesis, where we have the story of uh, Abraham and Lot. Uh, God had blessed Abraham's family so well. Uh, there was some conflict between uh, Lot and his nephew. And uh, Abraham says, hey, make your, make your decision wherever you go. You know, I'll, I'll go there and I'll go the opposite way. And it says that in uh, Genesis chapter 13, um, Lot had looked on the plains of the Jordan Valley and uh, he looked in the direction of Zoar, and he saw that it was fertile, fertile land. It was green. It was luscious. But little did he know that that was the direction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so it looked amazing in the beginning, but if you actually journey through the Bible in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 to 8, it says that the, the soul of Lot was vexed. He was burdened because of what he saw and the deeds that were going on around us. And so that's just the nature of, of sin is that it will lead us into an area where it is quite damaging to ourselves. So let's continue on the story here. This is where uh, we, we turn the tide. Verse 17, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, everybody say at home. At home. Even the hired servants have enough food to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home. Everybody say, go home. Go home. To my father and say, Father, 
I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. And so, church, if you're taking notes today, the the message that I want to bring you today is entitled, There is No Place Like Home. There is no place like home. Hashtag Wizard of Oz. Some of you guys are a little bit younger on that. I remember it's a, it was the first movie in, uh, in color, and so that was, that was a joy. Um, but just... <laughs> just the blessing of a healthy home, okay? And so what I want to do is I want to set us up for um, that healthy home. And um, it says here, number one, it says, when he came to his senses, right? That's the first step when it comes to coming back home to the Father, coming back to your senses. Anybody praying for somebody to come to your senses? Now, spouses, don't raise your hand too high now, okay? Your spouse looking at you like... But let's just look at the concept of coming to your senses, okay? I think the first thing that um, that pops out is that this son, when he came to his senses, it says that he was starving. What does it mean to starve? That means to go without food, right? So that was a picture of a fast. And unfortunately, it was a situation where it was a forced fast, but that's why we as a church, we were so excited to get on this 21 day of fasting in January, is that the hopes is that if you're feeling foggy, if you're feeling far away from God, it'll help you come to your senses. And in certain seasons, we need to fast away from certain things, right? Whether it be from uh, toxic people, uh, and really, if we want to get honest, if you're really feeling foggy, you got to get away from alcohol. You got to get away from smoking. You got to get away from these things that may be changing the way how you how you think about things. Okay. And then the second part about him coming to his senses, he took a step back and he says, "You know what? In my father's home, even the servants there, the hired servants, they have food, and not only that, but they have enough to share." And so I think one of the things as we continue on in our, in, in our Christian walk is sometimes we've got to take a step back and really examine the lives of those around us, and specifically those who are actually serving or walking with the Lord, right? Are they growing? Are they prospering? Are they blessed right now? And if you really want to even go a little bit further, it says hired servants. What that means is these servants were on staff at his father's house, Right, And so we're not called to judge people, but in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says that you'll know people by their fruits, right? And so what are the fruits of my leaders right now? Are their marriage flourishing? Are their kids growing up in a healthy place? Is there joy? Is there generosity in their home? And so that's one of the encouragements I want to bring to you when it comes to coming to your senses is take a step back and really examine uh, the fruit of those around you. And he, and he goes on to say, he's like uh, talking to himself, like, you know what, when I go home, I'll say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Anybody been in trouble before? And you knew you had to give an account for it? And sometimes you kind of rehearse in your mind what to say? You're there and you're like, well, what had happened was... You're laughing is because you've been there. You know, one of my favorite um, responses back for people when I'm running late, especially when, when I'm with my wife, 
I'll be, I'll be getting there, arriving on the scene, usually with a Starbucks cup in my hand, and I, I say, well, what had happened was the wife whom God gave me caused me to be a little bit late today. Give it up for Krizia Tran, everybody, front row. And now, you know, you ladies, you guys take a little bit longer than the men when we get ready in the morning, right? Come on, man, I need your help here, all right? And even then, when we're driving in the car, you're still doing your makeup in the, in the, in the mirror over there. One of the favorite things Krizia says to me when we're driving is like, can you just slow down? I'm like, it's a green light. <laughs> like, can you just stop? I'm on the highway. <laughs> but it's just the, uh, the idea of like giving an excuse, and that gives you the mindset of the son, is he expects he needs to have an explanation to the father. But I believe that when it comes to coming to your senses as well, we have to realize our brokenness. We have to realize that we're broken people. And Jesus came not for the healthy, but for the sick, right? And there's a blessing when you, when you do realize that you are broken. Psalm 51 verse 17 says that for the sacrifice that God desires is a broken spirit. And he will not reject a broken and repentant heart. Okay, and then another one in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, it says that God blesses those who are poor in spirit and realize their need for him, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So what that tells us is that when we step into an area, when we realize that we're broken in the midst of an all-holy God, that's when God starts working on us. Amen? Come on, let's celebrate. All right, so let's uh, finish off the, uh, the first part of this parable here. Verse 20, he says, So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. Everybody say compassion. compassion. He ran to his son, embracing him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. You didn't get a chance to finish yet. It says, but his father said to the servants, quick. Sometimes God wants to do a quick work in your life. Quick, quick. Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now is found. But now he is found. So the party began. And so, church, if you're taking notes, what I want to give you today is three things the son encountered when he came home. Three things the son encountered when he came home. And so if you're taking notes, the first thing that the son encountered was compassion. Compassion. And so notice here the Bible says that while he was still a long way off, the father saw him. Right? So what does that tell us? That tells us is that, well, number one, the God thing will always move forward. Right? God was still doing his thing, so whether people come or go, the God thing is still going to continue to move forward. However... I believe that the father positioned himself every single day. He's like, you know what? Today the day he's going to come home. Today is the day my daughter or my son is going to return. And maybe it wasn't this day. He got up the next day. He's like, you know what? Today's the day. Oh, no, maybe, maybe it's the next day. 
So he positioned himself to be ready at every single moment with arms wide open when the children, when his children comes back home to him. And what I find interesting here is it says that filled with love and compassion. Filled with love and compassion. And so if you were to break down that word compassion in the Greek, it's actually sponknizomai. Sponknizomai. It, it basically means to be filled with such emotion that your insides start to turn, that your gut starts to churn and forces you to get into action. And so that feeling caused the father to run to the child. And if you want to cross-reference this, that word compassion can be also found in the Gospel of Matthew, where it talks about when Jesus saw the people like sheep without a shepherd, lost and confused and helpless, he had compassion on them. And so this was just a picture pointing back to Jesus, the compassion that he has on, on, on our lives for us each and every single season. And, you know, what you don't see is the father standing on his porch and seeing his son coming. He's like telling his servants, you tell him to come here now. All right, he's going to learn today. I don't know why my voice went southern there for a minute, but he didn't do that. He's like, you know what? I'm going to run to my child, right? And what's crazy is a man of his stature doesn't run. He would send his servants. And so that's the concept of draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you, okay? And the Bible, come on, we can celebrate. And then the Bible goes on to say when he saw him, he embraced him, and he kissed him. Now, the word kissed here in the Greek is kataphilios. Uh, that means to kiss fervently. And the best way that I can describe it is like, you know, when I come home and my wife haven't seen me in a while, and she's like, oh, Pastor Chop. <laughs> that never happens. I just say that to make myself feel better. But... That's what happened when the father saw his son. And now I want you guys to imagine this, right? When he first left, he left with so much wealth. He left with so much uh, resource. So he was dressed to the nines. He had his shirt tucked in. He had white shoes on. He was ready to party in the wild land and wild living. And what happened was he lost all his money. He lost all his wealth. He was starving. So does that mean he probably sold all his clothes? He's probably coming back in, 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 in some raggedy clothes, and he'd probably lost weight, 15, 20 pounds. But the encouragement part was his father still recognized him. Right? Maybe on the, way, on, on the way back, people were like, I don't know who this is, but the father recognized him. And so I want to bring you an encouragement today is that if you're sitting here today and you're like, you know what, Pastor Chow, I'm in this filth, I'm in this muck, I'm in this struggle right now, the father sees you. He recognizes you, and he still chooses to embrace you. And he doesn't say, hey, where have you been in a pigsty? You smell. Go clean yourself off first. No, 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 no. He still chose to embrace him within that. Amen? All right, let's continue here. So the father had embraced him, and then he said, uh, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. So the second thing the son encountered was covering. The son found covering. And for you guys that are reading your, your Bible, your scripture, one of the things I want to uh, equip you guys with is one of the vital things you have to do when you're reading scripture is you have to let it interpret itself. 
Okay? So if you're reading something, there's an item or a theme, you have to cross-correlate with what else does the Bible say about it. So what I want to do is I want to briefly break down these items the father gave back to the son. The first thing that he gave him was a robe. And not just any robe, the finest robe. Well, what does a robe mean? It says here in Job chapter 29, verse 14, it says, Everything I did was honest. Righteousness covered me like a robe, and I wore justice like a turban. And then again in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord, for the Lord my God, for he has dressed me in the clothing of salvation and, drove, and, and draped me in a robe of righteousness. So there we have the theme of salvation, and then we have a theme of righteousness. Salvation and righteousness. And church, I want to present to you guys, there's nothing that we can ever do to make us righteous before God. And the word righteous basically means to be in right standing with God, right as though I did not sin. Okay? And so the Bible says that our deeds, our works are as filthy rags before the Lord. So how, Pastor Chow, am I able to be right before God? It says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Come on, give God praise for the cross. Give God praise for Jesus. Give him praise for the blood. And if God has not done another thing for us, let the cross, let the cross be enough. All right. And so, you know, one of the things that I want to quickly present to you is this is the area that, that, that the enemy is always going to attack you in. Does God really love you? That doubt, right? Did he really say that? Right? Are you really in right staying with him? And I believe that's why Paul uh, expounded to us in Ephesians chapter 6 to put on the breastplate of righteousness. What does a breastplate cover? Your heart and your guts, your vital organs, right? So you, we don't think by our minds, but when we say listen to your heart, what does your gut tell you? Okay, so as you're journeying on your, your, your walk with the Lord, you have to be uh, very firm that God, through the cross, makes us righteous. The second thing within covering the Father gives is a ring, is a ring. So what does a ring represent? A ring represents authority. Everybody say authority. authority. Genesis 41, verses 40 to 42. Uh, this is when Pharaoh, uh, his dreams got interpreted by Joseph. And because he interpreted it correctly, this is what he said to him. You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. And he says that he took his signet ring and placed it on Joseph. Right? So the ring represents authority. And to illustrate this point, I'm actually wearing a, a, a ring right now. And so this is my wedding ring. And so the idea is that when you see me and when you see this ring, you know that I'm not alone. I'm attached to something else. And it's the same thing that uh, uh, God gives us when we do follow him is the covering of authority. Matter of fact, during this time, during the, the Hebrew time, this was the, the first form of a, of a credit card. Basically, your signet ring would have your family seal or emblem or crest, 
And when you make any transactions or when you purchase anything, people would take uh, clay or wax and you would stamp that, uh, uh, that ring on there. And that means you are authorized for this transaction because you are backed by your family or your business or, or, or your organization. Okay? And so you're maybe asking yourself, well, Pastor Chow, how does that relate to me and my season right now? Well, I want to encourage you that God has given you authority in this season. And how has he done that? Um, this isn't on the screen, but this is found in John chapter 14. It says that very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. They will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Here it is. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So here's what this doesn't mean. It doesn't mean you can just pray and say, in Jesus' name, I, I want that Ferrari, I want that Bentley, I want that mansion. It doesn't work that way, right? It says the will of the Father. You'll do greater work. So when you're doing things and when you're praying things and when you're asking God, uh, you declare in Jeremiah 29, 11, that you know the plans for me, plans for prosper, to give me a future and a hope. In Jesus' name, let that happen. Or if you pray, God, I pray for my son or my daughter right now. They're wayward right now, Lord, but I pray that you'd have an encounter with them. In Jesus' name, what you're doing is you're putting God's name, his signature, his stamp in that situation. And then you have to allow God time to move, right? I don't know how long or whatever it takes, but what I do know is the Bible says keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Amen? All right, let's continue on here. The third item within covering that uh, the father gave him was sandals. Sandals. What does sandals represent? Sandals represent provision. Everybody say provision. provision. Deuteronomy 29.5. For 40 years I led you through the wilderness, yet your clothes and sandals did not wear out. So sandals represent the provision of of the Lord. And I believe that one of the practical ways that God has provided for us when it comes to being in a healthy home is through the people that he's placed there around us. Right? Uh, Bible says in Acts chapter 2 where the people they had no need because all the people were were generous towards one another. And you know one of the joys that we get to have as a church is uh, is light groups, what we call our, our small groups and you know, this uh, previous semester, just to share a praise report with you, actually turns out that one of our light group leaders were going through a, uh, a difficult time, and they weren't able to pay rent or have groceries, and uh, word had just gotten around to um, just the, uh, the leadership, and uh, Samantha Uri, who is a, a light group coach, uh, a coach is someone who walks through uh, leaders and the people that they're leading, um, in her situation, it actually turns out that she actually lost her job just because of life situations, and uh, the worship team had rallied around her to bless her with a grocery card. But what was amazing about that story is she actually took that grocery card, the blessing that came to her, and she gave it to the couple that were in need. And I asked her, I'm like, I'm like Sam, like, why did you like, do that? I mean, like, you guys were in need. And she shared, well, Pastor Chow, I just want to not only give this gift card to uh, these, these leaders here, but to let them know that God is above and beyond God and that not only he covers us, he's there with us, he's walking with us, and you have nothing to be afraid about. And so I love that story is because the Bible says 
uh, to outdo one another in honor and to stir each other up, to motivate each other in acts of love and good deeds. And so that's just the, uh, the uh, infrastructure that God has built through the church, and he's placed people around you to provide for you in each and every season. So that's why it's so important to get rooted within the church. And so instead of finding condemnation, the son also found covering, okay? And so the last thing here that the son found was celebration, celebration. The father said, kill the calf we've been fattening. And so if you were to go back into this time, and even today, the fat of an animal is actually the prized portion of the animal. Uh, Lance had introduced me to a, a show called Alone, and uh, the, the whole idea is that if contestants can survive in the wilderness for 100 days, they get a million dollars. And it's closer to the end of the show, getting like days like 50, 60, 70, uh, fat was such a valuable resource to sustain them in that time. And so uh, with that, um, it's, it's able to paint a picture of saying, man, God has reserved the best for us, right? And the idea is that, man, like even though he was squandering his stuff, God was still in the process of saving something so special for him for when he returned home. And I think, church, today you have to realize that even if you feel wayward, even if you feel far away from God, even if you feel filthy in this moment, God is saving something so special for you to celebrate, to have you with joy in his home. And he's like, come, let's celebrate with a feast. And now, church, there are some things in the Bible as we read, we're like, man, this is too good to be true. Like, how can this be true? I actually have a photo right now, and I want to share with you. Let's give it up for the kids team, Highlight Kids team. So they, they take care of uh, Chrissy and my kid, Elena, every single Sunday. And so we've been packing her food um, every Sunday, but she's at the stage right now where she doesn't want anything that we cook. And uh, we're like, all right, let's try pizza. And she's like, what? I get pizza today? Manna from heaven? This is a picture of how we should be when we approach God. God is an above and beyond God. Come on, let's celebrate. And there is a celebration when we encounter the Father. And so, church, if I can just speak from you the heart today, you may be in this room right now, and you may be thinking to yourself, well, Pastor Chow, that sounds great, but you have no idea the things that I did, the things that I'm still struggling with right now, and I just feel like I'm in a lost and hopeless place. I believe the word that God wants to deliver you today is he sees you. And not only does he see you, He's positioned himself to be ready to run towards you. And instead of finding conflict or condemnation, you find a father with his arms wide open. A picture of the cross. And when you run to him, he's ready to give you compassion. He's ready to cover you. And he's ready to celebrate with you. Don't forget that you're sons and daughters of the Most High. And your God, your Father, loves you. And all it takes to come to him is to believe in his Son. The Bible tells us in Romans that all have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all been to the distant land. We've all thought things. We've all done things that were far from God. 
But the good news is that the Bible declares that if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. And church, we want to give you that opportunity today to come to the Father or to come back to the Father.